Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Here at Native Awakenings, we provide techniques, conversations, and meditations to help continue to bring a sense of awareness so that we can all become more and more awakened. Today, I have a lovely conversation in store. We have the magnificent Freedom Ciavarello. Freedom is an amazing teacher, a guide, a plant ally. She has so many wonderful ways that she crafts magic within this beautiful world. I first heard of Freedom from our mutual friend Carrie from Soul Full of It podcast. And after listening to that podcast, I was so excited to continue to pick Freedom's brain. Since then, we've grown to become friends, and I am just amazed and honored to share this lovely conversation with you all. We cover a variety of topics, including techniques to help us become grounded, alchemy, what it means to reclaim, and many more things. I hope you enjoy this episode. I know I sure did. You can find Freedom at moonbeamdaydream.com. I loved this episode so much that there is a part two coming. So stay tuned. And until then, enjoy freedom. Reclamation. I see you in this purple room, this purple reddish room, and you were speaking earlier about colors. So what do colors do for you? You're living in a color. It looks purple to me on my screen, but you were saying that it's red. So what does red light do for you? Yeah, it's like a pinkish red. And what it does is it's kind of the opposite of blue light. So the way that our eyes understand the spectrum of light, when we start to turn on red lights after sunset, our body's hormones start to respond to night. And it's a counter for the stressors of the day. Because now we live in a modern time, the stressors are overactive, like we're all kind of overachieving. Even the underachievers are overachieving in the grand spectrum of history. And having this light really helps me to kind of flip the switch into the evening because our days are so busy, but the busyness is often like the success and abundance. It's like a fun thing, but I notice, you know, the overhead lights at night. They kind of keep me up just being really sensitive. But the spectrum of light, red and blue, are the ones that affect us the most. Blue light is what we get from the sun, like direct high noon, and also computer screens. So you could think about it like if you're on the computer screen all day, you're telling your body that it's high noon. And so it's kind of overactive. It's really important in the evening to exaggerate the nighttime so that our hormones can switch. It's pretty cool. And then there's just magic to colors too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you're communicating with your body in almost a primal way. You're telling yourself, hey, it's time to rest. It's not high noon anymore. It's actually time to rest. Whoa. Yeah. You can essentially switch your nervous system. It's kind of like when you use breath work. Like if you do box breath or breath retention and you tell your nervous system, to regulate, it starts to release tension. And then from that, all of the like soothingness comes in. And I just really love that because our culture is, it's just really hyperactive. And especially these days, there's so much to take in because we have the internet. Like there's just an abundance of information. I mean, it's amazing. So anything we can do to help our body regulate with the rhythm of the earth, I'm I'm here mm. for. I'm mm. here for that. <laughs> cool. Cool. Sign me up. Awesome. Well, I love this regulation. I love the tiny attention that you pay to things because it stacks up. It adds to big things. I'm, I'm so excited for this conversation because you know, really- <laughs> I love you. <laughs> oh, I love you, Freya. I love your podcast. I'm so excited. Well, it's a supreme honor and joy to have you on here. You were talking about box breath. What is the box breath? 
Definitely. So what happens under stress, when we have stress, we hold our breath and stress is kind of misnamed. Like stress doesn't have to be bad. Stress is just a neutral thing. It happens because of good and because of bad. It's kind of like trauma. We can have great trauma, like a surprise birthday party, and then we can have not so great trauma. It still has the same effect on our nervous system. And box breathing re-regulates the rate by which you're breathing into what your body views as normal so that your system can calm down and start to turn on rest and repair. So the process of box breath just to like overview it, whatever breath you're on, you would just exhale everything when you're doing Mm -hmm. your practice at home. And then you'll pull in for the count of four, hold Mm -hmm. for the count of four, and then exhale for the count of four, hold for the count of four, and you just establish a rhythm. Four Mm -hmm. is really good for a sense of mm, the more negative side of stress, like overwhelm, because often the breath is shortened. But you could also play with six or eight and build. Like you start with four. Okay, I've caught my breath. Now I'm going to go for six. Okay, I've caught my breath. Now I'm going to like lull myself to sleep. I'm going to go for eight. Because our breath is like a symbol. It slows our heart rate too. And when we slow our heart rate, we calm down. So it's pretty cool. Everyone has this access because everyone has a nervous system. It's super useful. (laughs) Nice. Oh, cool. I'm a collector of breath techniques, and now you've taught me this one. I didn't know about the counts of four or six, or if you're trying to go to bed, eight. You mentioned the number four, and that brought into my consciousness the four elements. Something that I've really been excited to talk to you about is alchemy. I know a little about the hermetic principles. I tried to study it in my past. I haven't really ever had a good understanding of it, though. On your website, I saw that you do teachings and that you speak a lot about alchemy. So I'm really curious, what's your relationship with alchemy? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, spoiler alert, you are already an alchemist. So everyone Mm. is an alchemist already because everything is composed of elements in different percentages. So ages old alchemy the lore is being able to turn lead into gold. And there's a metaphor there, being able to turn, you know, lemons into lemonade. There's an idea there that I think subconsciously attracted me to alchemy in the beginning of my journey with it. I found alchemy because I got really interested in different kinds of therapy, really, learning about the wisdom traditions. And as I got into all of them because I have so much air in myself, very mind dominant, like light creative ideas, just the thinking thing comes really natural to me. I was able to notice that the overlay of all these wisdom traditions is alchemy. They all include the elements and that's because they're all connected to human beings who are made of the earth and the earth is composed of all the elements. So We have the element of earth, and then earth also houses all of them. So there are different traditions that teach the elements in all kinds of ways, with season associations, with directions. I have an e-course that's going to come out in the spring called Reclaim, where I kind of deep dive into alchemy and all those things. The basic principle is harmony, though. And harmony is the basis of the human. So as we try to regulate our breath, we're alchemizing our moment. Like that's kind of a living example. We're using all of the elements there to re-regulate and create harmony. The four elements, they're earth, air, fire, water. And Mm -hmm. like I was saying earlier, they're composed in everything in different percentages. So anything that's living like a person has different amounts of each element in them and how you can use alchemy practically is to be able to understand what your dominant element is in any given moment it's always going to change because circumstances change and then find the dominant element in the external environment 
And then you take your external and your internal and you alchemize them together. So if you are feeling really tired and you recognize, okay, I'm like really earthy right now. And Mm. then you go into a situation that's like really fiery, like everybody's arguing. You're like, oh, this is not, this is not ideal here. You you know, okay, well, I've got air and water to play with here. Air is going to fan the flame. Maybe I don't want that one. And then water is going to soften the flame. Okay, maybe I want that one. The physical demonstrative behavior of water is something emotional, memory. You walk in, maybe you're like, hey, do you guys remember like last time when you talked about this topic, it was kind of hazy. It was like a little bit problematic. Maybe you come in with compassion first. And now you've alchemized the situation because you've taken the attention of the fire. You've cooled it with the water. And now it's kind of returning back to its earth place, which is also where you were when you came into the situation. The biggest thing about alchemy is that it's always hiding in plain sight and that it's accessible all the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if there's a fire emotion, I can bring water into that scenario. I also like how you mentioned that earth holds all of these frequencies. I'm still a bit confused about it, but after hearing you explain it, it makes me really excited because I was like, how do I do this? (laughs) Well, I can tell you right now, you are (laughs) air and fire. Like your base personality that I've encountered is air and fire. And so how you have a yoga practice, that's the earth element that you're bringing Mm -hmm. in. And then the water element, I don't know from you yet. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it's your emotions that you bring to your work. Mm-hmm. But the appeal of yoga, perhaps, is wanting to be grounded, grounding into every day. Physical fitness is also earth. That's the earth body. And uh, there's a way that there's a stability to behaviors that are physical. And so subconsciously, we are always alchemizing. Uh-huh. What we learn through practicing the noticing is when we're doing it and how. There's intuition that is always there. Like when we mm-hmm. go into a situation that's quiet, maybe if we're talking loudly, we automatically kind of lower our voice. Like that's mm-hmm. also a kind of alchemy. Or when we are getting ready for meeting people that are new to us, We have a certain Mm -hmm. thing that happens, and that's also a kind of alchemy. The way that we objectively judge the other person, and then we Mm -hmm. decide our behavior, that's alchemy. We're attempting to create harmony or connection. And the empowering part of alchemy is that it's accessible through embodiment. Like, you do need one thing for to access your inner alchemist. You need to have self-awareness. But that is also a practice that I would say benefits us in multiple ways and is very much on the path to awakening, building our self-awareness. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Thank you for that. I bring fire and air? Whoa. That's so awesome. (laughs) It's like, yeah, wow. Like, that's like, fire, air, fire, air. Excited, excited, you know. Wow. Whoa. It's good. I also like seeing how you relate to earth to physical fitness. As you go through life, are you always tuned into the elements? I had no idea that yoga was linked to earth. What's it like for you on a day-to-day basis? Are the elements always speaking to you? Also, sorry for asking you like a thousand questions in one. Oh no, that's great. (laughs) For someone that has a dominance with the air element, you could ask me 10 questions at a time because it's part of my natural orientation. So I would say it does come second nature to me. Mm-hmm. What that label means, the second nature part, is actually personally a return to my original nature because I have always been an observer. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, it's hard to believe now, but I didn't talk. Like I didn't talk and now I'm like, try and stop me. But I didn't talk when I was a kid. I was just always watching and like looking for the pattern in behaviors of people. I didn't label it that way because I was a kid, but 
I grew up in really dynamic situations and mm-hmm. had a lot of dynamic people around me too. Dynamic is one of my favorite words to describe situations because it leaves a lot of space for the elemental part of things. Like dynamic just means kind of in motion. Mm-hmm. And alchemy originally, well, it's funny because it's a languaging that made sense to me to understand these other languages that I wanted to learn. And it started out with yoga and it kind of led and meditation. Like there was something about that that was really helpful to me. And I just wondered why. And learning that I'm all air, pretty much. I was like, oh, well, of course I want meditation. I want earth. Like Mm -hmm. that makes total sense. I want to use the air quality that I know best, my breath, to be able Mm -hmm. to sense the earth of my body, the stillness of being with the earth element, because that's balancing. Something Mm -hmm. to think about with alchemy too is the elements have opposites. Like we have fire, water, air, earth. And then we have relationships between the elements, like going side to side with them. Like Mm -hmm. how air and fire work together or how water and earth work together. They make mud. When you're stuck in a situation, you feel stuck. It's too much water and earth. So you can add water to really commit to water or you can add earth to really commit to earth or you can add fire to start to evaporate the water and solidify the earth so that the fresh air can come in. The change can come in. I've been... An alchemist, we all have been really for our whole lives. But when I discovered this languaging and I started to look out in the world, I feel like we all get these moments in our life when we're like, it just crystallizes. And I was like, oh, I understand. Because it gave me a way to share with other people these empowerment tools that were observation and embodiment based. The overall nature of alchemy is change. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of counter to the Western model, how we learn to understand. I'm like air quoting here. We like learn to understand. We acquire knowledge. Alchemy is about accessing the innate wisdom that's in the body that you're born with. And so Mm -hmm. we acquire knowledge and then we remember our wisdom. And it's a really cool process. Like some people call that life the process of life, remembering who we are, why we came here, who were you before you learned who you thought you were supposed to be. All of that is alchemy. (laughs) Whoa. It's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I need to sit with that. That was epic. Especially the part about we gain the knowledge so that we can remember our wisdom. You mentioned that We are learning things here, but then we remember our wisdom. And that sounds epic. I really resonate with that. We go through this existence looking for purpose, looking for meaning. Though there's this deep remembrance of who we are when we look into our wisdom. I feel like I need to take a course from you. I loved your analogy of how we can get stuck in the mud. And when we do, we can commit to the water, we can commit to earth, or hey, we can bring some fire and evaporate that mud. Whoa. (laughs) I mean, there are options. That's the other thing about alchemy. There's options. And when things are customizable, when there's a way to set one's own identity inside of solution, potential energy, anything is possible. Because the part of our mind that wouldn't believe that it was possible would need that static nature to be able to have that closed loop of what we call knowing. But because Mm -hmm. life is always changing, it's always in its own dynamic, we have opportunity in every moment because technically we're an entirely different person Mm -hmm. with every moment. It's that our identity, though, is attached to a particular version based on Mm -hmm. feedback that we get externally. So Mm. if you go down the rabbit hole path of we're all cut from the same cloth, we're all one, we are the universe experiencing itself, 
then really we're sort of visiting. We have this body and we're visiting and we breeze through situations. We act on things that inspire us. It helps us with not attaching to expected outcomes, which is an important practice in the path to spirituality or awakening, especially in this time where it's a very dominant elemental behavior. Like there's a lot of fire out there. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of quick moving. Fire is the element you have to pay the most attention to because it gets out of control the fastest. You have a little campfire or you have a good gust of wind and then the whole thing is up in flames and it creates urgency and comfort like we we stay warm with fire <laughs> heat yeah. is is associated with fire and i've always been fascinated by how connected we are to the earth and how disconnecting modern life has us from the earth like mm -hmm. our regular practices create opportunity to disassociate from the impact we have on the earth we can just kind of forget that we are the earth and in this time now we're being so reminded of the fragility like the fragile nature of the human container and the temporary nature of the human container where we might take comfort in our own mortality that's counter to the popular narrative. The popular narrative has mortality as something to fear or prepare mm -hmm. against, to fight against. And that's a little tangential, but it goes into this sort of collective trust issue of the industrial age <laughs> where we don't yeah. trust the earth. We trust man-made. And it's mm -hmm. not wrong or, or right. It's just different. There's different ways to look at it. I think the world is so ready and aching for a return to Mother Earth. I think there's a reason why we call it Mother Earth and why we call things man-made. There's a projective quality of dominating things, and it's kind of like our ego or our will crafting something that has been constructed within the mind. But when we look to nature, we remember such heart and such love and beauty. Seeing the constructs of nature and seeing its healing capacity than seeing our attempts, our very humble attempts at replicating and creating has caused so much destruction. I think we can learn quite a bit from nature. Do you have any feelings or ideas about ways to return to nature rather than focusing on man-made objects? Oh, yeah. Well, for one, plants. For mm. one, plant allyship, which is the therapeutic use of essential oils and I also use another plant therapeutic called cacao all the time. Mm -hmm. Cacao is pure chocolate, basically, fermented in the sun. Ceremonial grade cacao is different than what you get in the grocery store. It's ah. the whole bean, and it's incredibly therapeutic because it's one of the oldest plants. Frankincense and myrrh are two of the oldest essential oils. They're also resins, and they work with the Akashic Record. Essential oh, oils, yes. King King. <laughs> Myrrh and frankincense, okay. I mean, you know, the wise men had them, rumor has it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, all the way back to Egypt, ancient Egypt, there are, there's lore around those things. I think that you would, I mean, personally, this is just a download for you just right now. I think that you really mm. like Arbovite and cardamom. And those are two essential oils. One of them, cardamom, is also Akashic. Seeds work with the Akashic record, seeds and resin, because a seed uh -huh. has everything that it will ever need. It is a self-contained, it's like, it's history that has yet to begin, the seed. Uh, it's very cool. What? And then Arbavite <laughs> is a very tall tree that's built for protection, but it's about connection to divine grace and an unbroken masculine agility but and i think you'd also really enjoy juniper berry which is about oh. the shadow mm. clearing the shadow it's very scorpio oil so plant allyship mm -hmm. is like another language 
and plant allyship is also alchemical. The woods are the earth, the flowers are the water, the leaves are the air, and the citruses and the fruits are the fire. So when I organize my alchemical teachings, I like to use the essential oils because it's a tangible object for someone to interact with the frequency. And I do that by making medicine blends and the apothecary and things like that. But I love to just share the plants with the people. That's a practical everyday thing that I do and Mm -hmm. grounding outside. So there's one practice someone could do every day. It would be to stand outside with no shoes on, Mm. on the ground. It doesn't matter what kind of ground. I used to stand on the grass, like sidewalk thing in my apartment Mm -hmm. in the middle of Portland. It still has the frequency of the earth and Mm. electricity we're made of electricity. Our spinal column, our nervous system is like circuitry. It's a circuit board. Mm -hmm. And electricity is always trying to ground. That's why lightning flashes downwards. It's the ground. It's, It's pretty wild. So when you put yourself on the ground, you let excessive electricity, hypertension, anxiety, too much movement, too much fire air, into the ground, the ground wants it. The ground needs it. The ground will absorb it from your feet. And there was a time where we didn't wear shoes. So the largest pores of your body, they're also on your feet. They're there to absorb information from the ground. Our epigenetic history, our old story, when we didn't have modern life, we would absorb from the ground, oh, is this a safe space? Is Mm. this clean water? is this unpoisoned ground, things like that. But, you know, shoes, shoes and the plow changed the course of history in terms of humans' connection to the earth, in my opinion, Mm because the plow confused people. The plow made it possible to plow the earth with far less effort than a shovel, per se. And Mm -hmm. it led us into this moment of we own the earth, which is just not true. It's unfortunate. It's not true. <laughs> we don't yeah. own the earth. And shoes, because it took us away from that daily connection of treading lightly. There might be something sharp under your feet, right? Um, mm. So if you can take your shoes off once a day, I like to do it in the morning. I do it every morning when I drink my cacao after I have used my oils and meditated. It's like my morning routine. I go outside and I stand on the ground. And right now I live in the gorge, which is out in nature very much so. And Mm -hmm. the feeling I get from the ground here, it's the same as the ground that I had in Portland, which surprised me at first. I kind of thought this ground would be like, quote unquote, more ground, like more earth, but it's not. The earth just knows. And so really anywhere you live, you can do this on the earth. You do want to make sure it ne- not necessarily like um, has been round up or, you know, chemical. If you're aware of like a landscaper or something, you want to check that. But like public parks, it's illegal to do that in most places. So you can trust the park. Um, yeah. The same thing goes for the beach. And you can even ground through concrete. The earth frequency uh-huh. transmits. So if for some reason... You don't have any access, but you have a patio that's outside. That's still good. That's connected to the ground. That's a practical thing every day to touch base. And every day, it's important to look up. A lot of us look down, even when we're walking, because we have our phones. And Mm -hmm. when we have a narrow focus, like our eyes aren't designed to just look at one thing like that. They're designed Mm -hmm. to move. That's why we have peripheral vision. So the advent of technology, the cell phone and the smaller screen and the narrow focus, it accidentally tells your nervous system that there's just one option when there are Mm -hmm. many. So in this epidemic of scarcity consciousness, the reason why people can't see the abundance is because they're not looking up. It's Mm -hmm. alarmingly simple. It's crazy simple. The earth will take from us only what it needs. And so we can repay this grace by taking from the earth only what we need. And that's kind of a big one. I love that. 
taking from the earth what we need. Plus, a practical way to return to nature is by using the plant allies. I love the grounding technique. I ground a lot. We're recording this in the good old January time frame, and it's getting cold outside. I love that you mentioned that you can ground through concrete. Wow, thank you so much for those specific tips for me as well. I'm a huge traveler of the astral plane, so to hear that cardamom and juniper berry and arborvitae can help me access the astral plane, I'm going to use that like every day. Also, I heard that cardamom was used for whitening of the teeth. Do you know anything about that? I've heard, well, cardamom is good for blood flow and circulation. Okay. So if you put it in your, it might be more for gum things. I haven't heard whitening of the teeth, but that might be a thing that I haven't heard of. Marjoram is one of my favorite essential oils that nobody talks about because it's like a kitchen witch thing. Mm. It's an it's an herb that's for cooking that people are like, yeah, I've like had marjoram, like Moroccan tofu dish that I made one time, had marjoram that it needed it. But marjoram is for the heart, the heart chakra. And it's the air element. Marjoram, the leaves of it are what are steam distilled. And it has a very warming quality to it. Mm -hmm. I, When I make toothpaste, I use clove mm -hmm. like and cinnamon. Cinnamon mm -hmm. is also really good for the heart. Yeah, clove and cinnamon are what I use. Because the toothpaste that I make is coconut oil and baking soda uh -huh. i've never actually really thought of whitening because the baking soda is so whitening yeah but I'm, now i'm like so curious i'm like Ugh. <laughs> i mean i kind of believe it uh -huh. because it's so concentrated because it's a seed it has all the energy mm -hmm. uh, cardamom is also an aphrodisiac because uh -huh. Cardamom and Rose. It's like, is this already a G podcast? Cardamom and Rose are like ridiculous together because it's like heart and circulation. Uh huh. Uh huh. Anyway. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm keeping that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> use that? Wow. Wow. Spoiler well, alert. Yeah. <laughs> Big spoiler alert. <laughs> well, I do some word associations, and you mentioned one of them already. You mentioned essential oils. For someone that's skeptical about essential oils, what is an essential oil? I like your name for them better, plant allies, but what are essential oils? Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I often, I like calling them plant allies. Well, there's two reasons. The first reason is I am an elemental herbalist in addition. So I use some plants with people that I don't have essential oils for. Oh. But essential oils essentially <laughs> are <laughs> the steam distillations of a plant. It is a single molecule. It is just the plant. So for people that are skeptical, I like to pose this idea. We have become more skeptical of pure nature than of non-pure nature. Like we trust more, and this is very neutral. I say this very neutrally, but we trust more the Western medicine path, which is far newer than the path of plant allies, plant therapeutics. I have to kind of, there's so with essential oils, there's something called compliant language. So mm. for legal reasons, I'm going to say this essential oils aren't intended to cure or prevent any disease and I'm not a doctor. However, mm -hmm. in my own personal experience, because I do take them internally, I can tell you it's really important to go for purity. So mm -hmm. essential oils are steam distilled plant compounds and or cold pressed plant compounds. And they're called essential oils because they're just the plant essence. Like back uh -huh. in the day, when we were first making these medicinals, a lot of them were tinctures extracted by alcohol or essences mm -hmm. extracted by water. The skeptic of the essential oils, it's kind of like a snake oil thing. And mm -hmm. I love it because a lot of what I do is a little fringy. Essential mm -hmm. oils are the most literal thing that I do. 
So it's like my favorite <laughs> because I'm like, oh, but actually I have this bottle of something. <laughs> this uh-huh. isn't just a mantra <laughs> or like a tapping or a breath work. This is actually, you can like hold this and use it. Yeah. So surprise, yeah. it's an actual thing. <laughs> the essential oil industry is not mm-hmm. FDA regulated. And that's because mm-hmm. the FDA um, has a lot of things going on. They have a lot of agendas. You know, it's it's a whole mm-hmm. thing. There's like a lot of rabbit holes you could go down. But the bottom line truth of it is the FDA doesn't regulate essential oils. And that means that in America, they are not deemed safe for internal use. The essential oil industry is very corrupted because it's not regulated. So mm. you have to go with a company that has a high set of morals and values. Personally, mm-hmm. I work exclusively with doTERRA and mm-hmm. a company called Snow Lotus. Snow mm-hmm. Lotus produces a couple essential oils that doTERRA doesn't have. They're a super small company, so they just have a few. But mm-hmm. I have gotten like pure yarrow from oh, Snow Lotus. Snap. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. They sell it in absolutes. So mm-hmm. it's like a dram. It's like 25 drops at a time because essential mm-hmm. oils are very potent. So mm-hmm. doTERRA has a lot of additional testing. They basically do a lot of the self-regulating that would be regulated. So mm-hmm. I trust them. I've worked with them for about eight years and mm-hmm. I've seen profound results myself. To the person that is skeptical about essential oils, the question that's really begged is, do you trust the earth? Like, mm-hmm. do you trust the earth? Are you aware that there's a cycle to the seasons? Because that's the initial disconnection. Like, we love that we can get tomatoes at 2 a.m. in February, mm-hmm. for sure. But tomatoes aren't meant for 2 a.m. in February. Tomatoes yeah. are meant for, you know, June, late June, early July, and they flash. We can preserve them, sure. But when we, you know, the earth has a cycle to it. So mm-hmm. when you're using the essential oils, what you're doing is you're tapping into the frequency of the earth energetically. And mm-hmm. you're utilizing the harmony of the plant being made of hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen. And you being made of hydrogen, carbon, and oxygen. So you're made of the same thing as plants physically. Mm-hmm. The um, There are really terrible horror stories about essential oils because of the corruption in the industry. Most mm-hmm. essential oils are perfumes. They are chemical compounds that are designed to mimic the scent of plants. They're not essential oils. So what happens is the person uses them or they take them or they diffuse them and because it's a chemical they might have an adverse reaction that's also why it's not safe to consume them um Mm. our brain operates this is like a long this is a big answer because it's kind of a big question (laughs) our brain is the (laughs) limbic brain is connected to the olfactory system which is our scent of smell our sense Mm. of smell it's the oldest scent that we have because we used to need to sense smoke in the air very quickly or we used to need to smell other animals very quickly it's an old sense it only takes two and a half seconds for scent to impact your limbic brain which is also very impactful on your nervous system and scent forms memory so Mm. even if someone you know because people can make some really big claims they can say you know this essential oil will cure this thing i guarantee it and we all have to be skeptical of anything that's 100% because it's not alchemical. It's not harmonious in general. Mm-hmm. But when you're using a plant ally, an essential oil, you think about drinking tea. Like tea is is that. Tea is mm-hmm. using a plant. <laughs> and that's like treated so differently. I think yeah. also the essential oil industry, like I mean, there's the adverse reaction part, and then there's this fear around a couple different companies have different business models that get super mislabeled. And anyone that has curiosities about that, but doesn't feel like they have anyone to ask that's not going to be upset about it, I really invite you to just DM me 
on Instagram or email me through my website because I would much rather you have access to these plant therapeutics than be concerned about something that isn't actually true and could be just another thing that your mind will put in your way to your own mm, recoveries of sorts. There's so much information in the plants. You think about, you plant a seed. I mean, if you haven't ever planted a seed, first of all, you have to plant a seed. (laughs) You have to at least do it one time. Because when you see that seed sprout, when you see that sprout coming out of the ground, your your entire life will change. (laughs) Um, I remember the first time that I pulled carrots out of the ground and I was I started bawling like Mm. I know carrots come from the ground (laughs) but I was struck I was struck that they just Mm. come out of the ground I was like what do you mean you know to the skeptics to sum it up here I would just say find someone that you think or trust not to judge you that is working with essential oils And just ask them very clear, straightforward questions because, and also try them. (laughs) Because if you've never tried them also, it's kind of like, that's a little, it's a little hollow, hollow in the argument category there. Like one of my favorite things is making custom sample blends for people just for the introduction factor. Like I love being the person. I mean, if I'm being totally honest, I have turned around many skeptics. I have turned around many skeptics because nice. the magic is there. The magic is there. Yeah, the magic really is there. I'm going to put your information in the show notes so that people can ask you more. I love doTERRA's practices. You can take your order number and see the exact farm where they were harvested, the exact lab test. So I really do love that. You mentioned you use doTERRA and snow leopard? Snow lotus. Snow lotus. Cool. Yeah. yeah, there's just, cool. you know, there's so many out there, but like the the oils that people get from like um big box stores, like a lot of times TJ Maxx or something will have like a set of them. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with those, like technically. It's just that they're not essential oils. They're perfumes. Even if they say 100% natural, 100% organic, there's no regulation. No one is enforcing the validity of that labeling, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of amazing in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, I like making informed decisions. I also like the invitation that you provided. Hey, try them out, you know? Well, I do have another word association for you. Well, it's more like in the vein of finish this sentence. We've been talking a lot about plants. So could you fill in the sentence, I've learned blank from plants? Oh, I've learned love from plants. So love is a universal language. Mm-hmm. Love is unity consciousness. Mm-hmm. Love is trusting in everything being all good. And plants, they operate on all the cycles the same as the human. And if we can be more like plants, <laughs> everything will be great. Everything is great. There's like a cosmic punchline here. I know there's a lot of narrative about everything in the world, but I promise you everything is going to be great. (laughs) I know it might sound crazy right now, especially, but I'm so sure of it because I see it in nature. And I know that love ultimately, it's a governing force. There's nothing more powerful than love. That's why hate is used as a weapon. That's why fear is used Mm -hmm. as a weapon. But nature doesn't do that. Like Mm -hmm. nature finds a way. (laughs) Totally. Love really does find a way. That's one of my favorite quotes because the truth of it. I mean, they just like, they love you. They, They just, if you stand in front of, you know, a cedar tree, Mm-hmm. that's what you that's what i feel and if you like hug that tree or you touch that tree yeah 
you'll get the feedback from it. It's a living thing. Like it's easy to forget right now that we are alive. Yeah. It's it's so oddly simple, but we, Mm. if you woke up today, you can't be done yet. If you have breath in your body right now, you have evidence Mm. that it's not too late. It's profound. I love that profundity. I love the fluency of how nature speaks through you. I've spoken to a lot of people who use plants, hearing your story of how you ingest, communicate, and love plants is beautiful for an onlooker like me to see. You've been knocking these questions out of the park, so I want to toss you another one. When you hear the word reclaim, I know you mentioned that you're doing a course on this, but I'd love to hear your personal definition when you hear the word reclaim. Oh, that's a really good one. Reclaim is empowerment. Reclaim is a returning to the awareness that we are the power that we look for externally. Like Mm. we don't need power. We are power. Mm -hmm. And the reclamation of that vital force is ever important and omnipresent in this time that we're in this Aquarian transition, because Mm. our thoughts become things so easily. This is the age of Aquarius. We've gone from Jupiter and Saturn from Capricorn into Aquarius. There's this air frequency and Mm. the lightness, the breath of fresh air, potential to be a little crazy, you know, a little too (laughs) much air, the, the David Bowie in us all, you know, (laughs) (laughs) It's just a, it's a frequency thing, but the reclaim came to me as a name for this program Mm. because it's not something that people don't have already. It's just Mm. the reclamation of it. The, Mm. a gentler way of implying that someone could take their power back. Mm -hmm. I like reclamation of. That's so strong. I love the thoughtfulness of that. Often when we hear, I'm taking it back, there's a lot of fire to use an alchemical term. I love your thoughtfulness of reclaim because it says it's not gone. It's still in your possession. A lot of courses sell me something. Maybe I've lost it. Maybe I'm not good enough. From your course, it sounds like, hey, I'm just showing you how to harmonize something that you already have. So now that I know your definition of reclaim, What is your course about? Yeah. So Reclaim is a program that I've had for some years now. And Mm -hmm. it originally started out, it was called the Gratitude Project. And I also really love that name. As I got into more of a divine, sacred, feminine, and masculine orientation, like as I started to understand what the divine feminine the sacred feminine and the divine masculine and the sacred masculine were about in terms of Mm -hmm. relationships in alchemy. Like that is also Mm -hmm. an alchemy, a kind of alchemy because it's Mm -hmm. the ultimate harmony, the unity consciousness. Reclaim is a lifestyle that I teach in my one-on-ones. It's my lifestyle coaching, business coaching um, structure. And Mm -hmm. I turned it into an e-course so that it could be more accessible to people because mm-hmm. I have a limited amount of one-on-ones that I have capacity for because I like to give my full attention. And yeah. I had a lot of people inquiring about like a take-home version of Reclaim. And mm-hmm. so I put it all together in an e-course. It's being beta tested right now by eight oh, people. Snap. Yes. And I'm taking um, submissions for inquiries like interviews to be in the next round on my instagram Mm -hmm. there's like a form you can fill out it's also on my website the basic Mm -hmm. premise of the course is using the principles of the Mm -hmm. moon phases the seasons the elements the directions and the archetypes as well as alchemy Mm -hmm. to create a system for your own existence that works for you and fits into society There's a lot of processes. They make it about like what you're talking about. They use scarcity 
to sell mm-hmm. something. And it's unfortunate, but it's it's a thing that exists. So we don't have to talk about the why and the how or all of that drama, but because mm-hmm. we, we love a little drama. We know that about the people, right? <laughs> but the earth ultimately, <laughs> like it's not about that. It's about abundance. And that's kind of what Reclaim is about. It's how to remember that what you're looking for, you have. How to see mm. that you have what you're looking for. You are the one that you are waiting for. It's like what I wanted but didn't see out there is mm-hmm. what Reclaim is too. And it's kind of my attempt at, I often get asked about how I am how I am. Mm-hmm. Neutrality or objectivity or just different ways that I am and Mm -hmm. through living life is like the shorter answer but my answer to that answer from myself is this lifestyle is reclaim Mm -hmm. and finding a process that is in nature that you see in your life that you can combine (laughs) and essentially borrow the power of nature to empower oneself again and it comes with a ritual box it comes with cacao it's like this whole situation i see reclaim as an initiation into the sacred feminine and how to use its wisdom to do anything that you want to do and the beta testing process of this i am looking to include the sacred masculine because it's an intimate part of the sacred feminine so Mm -hmm. if you do identify more of a king than a queen this course is still applicable because you are also nature. (laughs) I get that question a lot. Like, is it only for women? It's like, it's not, but it is about the feminine, like, and it is about the feminine. So Mm -hmm. if, if you can be in your masculine and recognize that it's half feminine. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with that idea, let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a whole mood. (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I I surprised myself with it. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and I was like, you know, I think I wrote a 40 page book. I think, mm. I think I wrote a 40 page book <laughs> Wow! and I'm so excited about it. So I, I appreciate you asking because I'm launching the next round on the spring equinox and mm-hmm. I'm just have this like inquiry form that people can fill out if they want to hear more. And that's Mm. on the website, Instagram that I was mentioning. I really encourage anyone, you know, if you're curious about the earth and its relationship to you or you and your relationship to the earth, the earth will answer when you call her. She always Mm. will. You'll see a feather, you know, a leaf. You know, there was one time I was, I was feeling really lost and, uh, I was gossiping about something, which is like so embarrassing to even admit to. I was like, oh, gossiping about something. I was like, I just can't stand this. I'm just, I'm so much better. And uh, it was like so dumb. It was like a few years ago and I was this fucking giant like bundle of acorns that hit me right in the face. Cool. And I was like, okay. I, yeah, I mean, that was me. That was me, universe. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. You're right. You're totally right. Take it back. But I was just like, well, goddamn, like <laughs> it will happen. Like the thing, if we are here, there's mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah. Nothing happens without cause. It's about developing the humility to understand what role one might have in the cause, because it's so easy to say what's well, them. It's not mm-hmm. us, it's them. And if there was ever a time to work through that as a collective, I think this would be the time. Mm -hmm. wow beautiful well this is a very timely offering for the universe i'm excited to check this out i love that a majority of it is about the divine feminine for such a patriarchy based society i think it's high time for the divine feminine to be represented and acknowledged there's a very apparent imbalance on this beautiful planet and the more attention that we can give to the divine feminine the more actualized and realized we can all become so thank you for yeah. playing a part in that like from the bottom of my heart <laughs> i want to i want to go on for so much longer but i really we have to do episode two because i only asked you this has been one of my favorite interviews i only asked you two questions 
that I wanted to ask. I have like eight more. I mean, that might be my fault too. I'm just like, and I'm talking. Hello, Sicilian. We're talking. It's a, it's a vibe. It's a mood, boo. You're Sicilian? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Sicilian, cool. yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. Well, I won't. I won't get on your bad side. I heard that Sicilians will slit your slit your throat. Oh man, yeah. You like cement cheese? <laughs> <laughs> also, you know, cannolis. There's also cannolis. It's not all cannolis. you know murder, ooh, ooh. but there cool. is some murder. But it's, it's you know it's cool. <laughs> we don't talk about uh-huh. that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know the Sicilian. It's a whole. It's a whole mood. Like oh. Sicily is such an interesting island. This is definitely a tangent, so I'm not going to go too far into it. But Sicily <laughs> is like it was invaded so many times by the Moors and Africa and a bunch of other places because it's a small island. And mm. there's a resilience to Sicily that is very cool. My family's from outside Palermo, and. My father was first generation Sicilian immigrant, so I feel very close to Sicily. I encourage everybody, you know, when you're looking at plants, let's just like to loop it back around. If you if you explore your heritage, there are certain plants that are from where you're from. And mm-hmm. it takes seven generations for your body to acclimate to plants that aren't native to where you are native to. So if your family has been in America for less than seven generations, basically, um, Mm -hmm. it is really connecting and cool to look at plants and things that are from where you are, where your DNA is from. Mm -hmm. And it can go so far back and get so cool. Um, We happen to live in a country. We are blessed by our diversity. And we have access to so many different cuisines and cultures, but not every country. Like, I didn't know this until I was like, I didn't realize it until I was like 16, that not every country has everybody like we do. I'm like, oh, whoa. You know, so <laughs> yeah. other countries, you know, like Japan has Japanese cuisine and other yeah. things, but it's dominantly that thing. But we yeah. have kind of, a little bit of everything so we get exposure to all different kinds of plants and they give us all different kinds of feels <laughs> it's so freaking cool that is incredibly cool and it makes me want to research into you know all of the plants that i grew up with i'm gonna use that i recently got an ancestry kit done so i'm going to look for the plants native to that regions of my ancestors I also want people to contact you. I love your meditations and podcasts. So where can people contact you? And what's your Instagram handle? Oh, perfect. So the podcast is called Moonbeam Moments. And it's on Spotify right now. I'm in the queue for iPhone. What is that called? iTunes. Yeah. The podcast app on iPhones. I didn't realize they were different until very recently. But Spotify I chose because... Everybody can use it. So it's on Spotify at Moonbeam Moments. You can also access it on my website, moonbeamdaydream.com. There's a podcast tab where you can stream the episodes. And then my Instagram, I have two. I have moonbeam underscore daydream, which is all kinds of fun vibes. And then my personal one is Freedom Chivarello, which if you can spell it, I mean, I give a dollar. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> underscore daydream might be a little easier to find me. And then, I mean, I am like 100% slide into my DMs. I love talking to people. I love it. Yeah. Let them know. Well, yes. people are going to be contacting you. I'm going to put, uh, thank you for saying your last name. I, I didn't even know how to say it. So. Chivarello. <laughs> it helps cool. if you do the Italian thing if you put your hand in like a ay, 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 like the thing. You know, it's like Chavarello. You got to do like Chavarello. No. <laughs> cool. Ay, ay, ay. It's a whole thing. Chow, chow, chow. Yeah. It's so um, good. Cool. Well, I've had a blast speaking with you, Freedom. I'm so looking forward to our next episode. Thank you for reminding 
us how to reclaim that which is ours. The spirit animating my body honors, recognizes, appreciates, respects, and unconditionally loves the spirit animating your body. Aho matakwiasan. Namaste. Woo!